0: The Pleasure Project with Donna Skoglund episode 101. So I'm a little bit nasally today. I have had a cold for the last few days, and it's very annoying because I like to identify as someone who never gets sick. And so this is very frustrating to me. It's the second time this year that I have gotten a cold. My kids have been sick a lot. Everyone's been sick a lot this year. It's bad this year. So hopefully I will get over it very quickly so I can... Go back to normal and sound normal. So today I want to talk about anxiety and I taught a workshop on this last week and there were so many important tidbits of information in there that I wanted to share them here as well because anxiety is something that pretty much almost everyone suffers, some more than others. In Ayurveda, people with more vata in their constitution have more of a tendency towards anxiety than, let's say, a kapha constitution, which is someone who is generally a little bit more grounded, a little bit more relaxed, earthy. So whether you experience a lot of anxiety or a little bit anxiety, chances are you deal with anxiety at some point because it is a completely normal emotion that is a normal reaction to our human reality. And we also live in a very vata aggravating culture, meaning that, so vata, if you're not familiar with Ayurveda, it's the constitution, it's the dosha, the energy of movement. And we live in a very fast-paced world where we are all busy and we are encouraged to you know be productive all the time and go, go, go. Culture is very much what we have been sold and told. So generally, most people have increased vata just by living in modern society. I mean, getting on you know our phones all the time, being constantly distracted, social media, internet, that all just contributes to our nervous systems being activated a lot of the time. So it's really important that we know how to deal with that because anxiety can really be debilitating. So what is anxiety? I actually looked it up in the, I Googled it to get the definition, and this is the first thing that came up. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So newsflash, everything, everything in life has an uncertain outcome. (laughs) This is just a fact. We do not know what will happen next. And when we come face to face with that fact, it might provoke a little bit of anxiety. We could walk out the door today and get hit by a car. (laughs) We could be in an accident. We could get a scary phone call or something, you know, who knows what, all the things, anything is a possibility and we have no idea and there's no way to predict the future. So I also like to remind my clients that anxiety, like all emotions, are 90-second waves of biochemicals caused by a thought or image in your mind. And so your mind sees an image or a thought Sometimes this is conscious. Sometimes we're aware of the thought. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we just feel anxiety and we don't know what causes it. And we don't know the exact thought that triggered it. But that wave is biochemicals in your body that are driving you to move and act to keep you safe. And these are sensations and vibrations. Now, when we have something intense and uncomfortable like anxiety, it's not a pleasant sensation. It's an uncomfortable sensation. And because we are hardwired to move away from discomfort, we learn as children to suppress uncomfortable and intense emotions. This is a survival mechanism because we have to live in the world, we have to, you know, adhere to the standards and rules of society. So we, in order to not be completely overcome by intense emotions, the way that we learn to cope is to suppress. This is just happening on its own biologically. And it's also reinforced by the messages of our culture and society that, you know, We should be happy all the time and anything other than happiness should be shoved down deep where nobody else can see it or be affected by it. This though when we come to a stage in our adult life where where we want to, sorry my dog's gonna bark now, um, (laughs) where we want to evolve as humans and we don't want to perpetuate a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms that come from the way that we handle those intense emotions, then at some point in you know, this process, we, we have to learn how to deal with those feelings, how to understand them, how to really you know find another way of living with them in a way that doesn't completely create more and more unnecessary suffering in our life. Anxiety, like I said, because it's a, a reaction to the unknown, the possibility of something happening is completely normal. So I heard uh, one of my colleagues say a really funny quote that I just love. She said, you have an incurable chronic condition. It's called being human. <laughs> so welcome to being human. Welcome to all the shitty 50 emotions that are a part of human this human experience. Life is uncertain. And we can't control anything outside of our own thoughts, feelings, and actions. And that even we struggle with. <laughs> most most of us don't even, can't even control those things. So we could say that anxiety is an accurate perception of the vulnerable and open nature of life. When we, again, like I said, come face to face with the truth that anything could happen at any point and we have very little control, then when we are in the truth of that, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable because we want to feel like we can control all the things and we want to feel like we can predict the future. And this is why we often will try to keep ourselves safe by doing the same thing, because that gives us this sense of, okay, if I just keep doing the same thing, then I can kind of predict that I'll get the same outcome and it will feel less uncertain. It will feel more safe, but that is all just a lie because still, if you keep doing the same things, things still could happen. Bad things could still happen, unfortunate events. So anxiety is a survival mechanism that serves to prepare us for possible danger. All those feelings, all that uneasiness keeps us alert so that we can be on the lookout. And we evolved as humans being on the lookout for threats, for possible danger, for wild animals. And often our brain will go to what is the worst case scenario so that I can be prepared for that. Now, the problem with that line of thinking is that if we're always going to worst case scenario, we often talk ourselves out of things that also could have a way bigger and better best case scenario but because the worst case scenario is so amplified in our own mind and that's what we're focusing on then that is the thing that keeps us in this perceived zone of safety in our comfort zone where we we can't really grow from that place so fear is necessary for our evolution because like i said it it does it is meant it's there to keep us safe however A lot of our fears are outdated, old, and not really relevant to our human life. So when you understand that, okay, anxiety is normal, and anxiety is simply unpleasant, intense sensations in my body, anxiety itself is harmless. Anxiety is not a problem when you just look at the pure essence of what it is. The problem is how we deal with it and how we react to it. So when we can change our relationship to anxiety and see it for what it is and learn how to calm our nervous system, then we can learn to live in this world with all the uncertainty, with a little bit more resilience and confidence that no matter what, I understand it's harmless and I can train myself to expand my capacity to feel the intensity of the discomfort and not create more problems for myself by unhealthy coping mechanisms or spitting in my mind and actually making it worse and worse and worse. And, you know, all the other costs that come with the way that. So the thing about anxiety is that the more you resist it, because we don't fully understand it, because we haven't trained our nervous system to be able to handle it and to breathe through it and to be able to find different ways of regulating, the more overwhelming it feels, the more we feel like we don't have control over it. And it seems to have control over us. And this is how pa- panic attacks happen it's like we feel the anxiety and then we have anxiety about the anxiety and it gets amplified and compounded and it grows until the point where we completely freak ourselves out. So it, it can be very debilitating and a huge problem for a lot of people and and you know a, a, a very kind of what's the word like um inconvenient thing for a lot of people because again, without learning how to deal with it, often anxiety can lead to procrastination. It can lead to analysis paralysis. When we're worrying about some, you know, worst case scenario, we overthink in our mind and we basically just hold ourselves back. We don't move forward because of all the worst case scenario that we're imagining. So we're unable to move forward. And another thing that happens with anxiety is that because we're so intolerant of the feelings and sensations of that emotion we disconnect from our bodies. And when we aren't able to fully be present with ourselves in the moment, it actually leads to a disconnection from others. And this is big. And this is another really, really profound reason why the more we can learn to be with ourselves, to hold space for ourselves in all of our emotions, the more we will be able to do that for others, which creates such deeper and more meaningful connections. So when we're constantly trying to avoid anxiety and resist it and suppress it, we actually, it ironically becomes the center of our lives because we are living our lives trying to avoid the things that we think trigger anxiety. And this is what happens. So when we have a, let's say, an unconscious thought that creates anxiety, When you're feeling anxious or any emotion, your mind will look for other reasons to feel that way. And I've talked about this in a podcast before. So anxiety just creates more anxious thoughts. And so, because our mind, we have, you know, we we are meaning making machines, we look for why am I anxious? Like, and we look for possible ways that we can explain our anxiety or give it some sort of external circumstance, we we basically try to look for circumstances in our lives that could be the reason that we're feeling anxiety. So then we try to avoid these situations, like, for example, social anxiety. If anxiety comes up in a social situation, then we say, okay, social, anxi- social situations create anxiety, so I need to avoid those situations, and then I can avoid anxiety. And the problem is that, you know, doesn't really work because circumstances are never the cause of our feelings. It's always our thoughts about them. And thoughts can just become habituated patterns of thinking. So our mind just goes to these same thoughts over and over again, which creates the anxiety over and over again. So this all, you know, when we give our power away to circumstances, things outside of ourselves, we feel more powerless. And if we don't address this and being able to understand our anxiety and relate to it differently, it becomes stronger. And these neural networks in our brain, the associations we have with certain things like social anxiety, for example, the stronger they become. So think of anxiety as a network of neural clusters in the brain that create an area of association. So there's a common phrase, in neuroscience called cells that fire together, wire together. So the more you practice a pattern of let's say, thinking about uh, being triggered in social situations and feeling that anxiety and reacting to that, you reinforce that pattern and the thicker and stronger that cluster of neurons become. So my approach to helping people with anxiety is three things. So step 1 it's being able to address the anxiety in the moment so you feel anxious and changing how you relate to it how you deal with it instead of the common ways which is again the coping mechanisms going into those you know self sabotage habits like overeating over drinking picking up your phone trying to just work your way through it like just stay distracted or try to outthink yourself or try to push those anxious thoughts away, you know, all the different various ways we resist. So instead of doing that, step one is learning to actually acknowledge that there's anxiety, that you're feeling anxious, and then do something. And, you know, I have many tools in my tool basket that I teach my clients, how to regulate the nervous system, how to disassociate, so disidentify, you are not your anxiety, you're experiencing it, It is a sensation in your body and whatever way you learn or you practice handling that, you're able to allow that 90 second wave to move through you and you don't spin in it. You don't stay in it and it doesn't get more and more intense. And you don't feel like, you know, you start to feel like you have more power over it because you know how to make it go away and you know that you have tools and skills that allow you to reduce to take your anxiety from like a seven to a two. So that's step one. And then step two is being able to rewire some of those associations. So rewiring those associations is really about interrupting the pattern, bringing yourself to neutral, and then being able to create a new response to those triggers. So instead of feeling anxious in social situations, feeling confident in social situations and creating a new neural network in your brain with that association. And then the third step for relieving chronic anxiety or high anxiety is lifestyle because the body and mind are connected. So what you do in terms of your sleeping habits, your eating habits, your exercise habits, your lifestyle habits will affect those biochemicals and hormones and your moods, so that all ac- definitely plays a big role in how much anxiety you experience in you know in a day to day level so travel, for example, if you've ever noticed anxiety increases after traveling that's because traveling is very vata aggravating there's a lot of movement in travel and vata has the elements of is of air and ether so think about going up in an airplane where you're up high in the sky lots of air lots of ether and so you have you take those energies on and you have more of those energies influencing your body so you will have more of that tendency towards fear nervousness nervousness anxiety worry uneasiness restlessness knowing how to deal with that with lifestyle Actually, gives you a a whole other layer of tools for keeping your nervous system more regulated, keeping your body feeling more grounded, and you're you know can that obviously is going to influence your emotions. So one more, few more other things I just want to mention about anxiety is that whenever we resist what we're feeling and we're resisting the truth of our experience, what it does on a bigger level, it, it creates a general distrust of life and of yourself. And the problem is when we try to, we try so hard to construct a life that feels safe. And I think of it as like living with like bubble wrap around ourselves and avoiding any kind of uncomfortable situation, anything new, anything different, the more we do that, the less alive we feel. We actually feel more dead. And I have so many people that come to me telling me that they just feel very stuck and they they don't feel that sense of aliveness that they want to feel that maybe they felt in, you know, when they were in their 20s, when they were much more bold, and they were adventurous, and they were living full lives and trying new things and then, as adults, we tend to go the the safe and easy route, and we kind of get stuck in these ruts so we when we're not feeling we we feel that we feel kind of uninspired, we feel lost, we lose touch with what we want because we're pushing all that down because that challenges this status quo it's like if we actually admit to ourselves what we want then that you know that gives us an option that's a possibility for us and then with that possibility comes uncertainty and again this comes right back to this idea that that uncertainty is can provoke anxiety because we don't know what's going to happen and our brain goes to worst case scenario so the opportunity which Lies when we learn how to train ourselves to feel anxiety, to be able to regulate our nervous system on demand really quickly. In, you know, within seconds, these tools that I teach my clients, they work super fast. It doesn't, you know, we don't have to do, go to a whole yoga class or do like an hour long walk in nature, although those things are really great and that, that those things definitely help lower our overall anxiety. There's things we can do in the moment that bring our anxiety down so that we can then live bigger lives, so that we can go after what we want, so that we can set big goals and take bigger risks and go on adventures that are to, you know, unknown territories in, you know, in, in, you know, the world, but also in our own minds, like uh, let ourselves explore what could be possible. And it also cultivates a deeper sense of trust in ourselves and trust that we've got our own backs and a deeper trust in life that you know even though life is uncertain we will be able to handle it we'll be able to navigate our way through it we'll be able to regulate ourselves in along the way and it also enables us to have those deeper re- relationships when we can hold that space for ourselves in the intensity of emotions we can hold the space for others so this creates confidence, this creates resilience, this allows us to feel more able to move out of our comfort zone. It allows us to stop holding ourselves back and not let fear get in the way from creating the life that we want. And it help helps us to stop a lot of those unhealthy coping habits and self sabotaging behaviors that are creating more problems in our lives. So this is big. And If you are someone that does struggle with anxiety and you want to really change your brain, change some of these habituated patterns, do some of the lifestyle shifts that can really support you in feeling more grounded, more calm, more relaxed on a day-to-day basis, reach out to me. I'm taking one-on-one clients right now. So you can message me on Instagram. You can email me. All that information is in the show notes and I would love to talk to you. I will talk to you soon. Bye.